You're now listening to Your Real Money Stories podcast. If I didn't do that, they would give me five years bad credit. The penalty would be five years bad credit. They would have bailiffs at my door. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, I just remember sitting in my room for maybe an hour just staring at the letter. Hi guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Eve. And I'm Nick. And we are The Money Medics. And we're your hosts of Your Real Money Stories. An original podcast series brought to you in association with Zopa. The podcast where we'll be giving you the unfiltered truth about money through anonymous confessions and unfiltered opinions. As well as providing useful information and resources for each topic we discuss. And we have to say, this isn't financial advice. These are just our views. Hi guys, so welcome back to another episode. So today we're going to be talking all about student overdrafts and credit scores. So for most of us that went to university, um, university was the time that we first experienced taking out debt. However, for a lot of us, you know, during that time, we weren't aware of the consequences it could have on our financial future, especially um, on our credit scores. There's a statistic that says, 38% of students said they use their student overdraft as a source of income and 56% said they turn to banks when they're in need of emergency cash. So it seems like a lot of us were relying on, um, you know, the banks to fund our lifestyle. So as usual, there will be three sections of this podcast. So first, we're going to hear a personal story from our anonymous guest. Then we will be discussing our own opinions And then at the end, we've got some useful tips just to kind of help you if you're going through or if you have gone through um, a similar situation. So today we have Paige joining us today. As you know, this is not Paige's real name. I know we say this all the time. So Paige, thank you for joining us today. And how has your day been? Thank you. Um, I'm really glad to be here. And I've had a wonderful day. Um, Went into work. I'm a teacher. So, you know. Um, a prim- I'm a primary school teacher so I've been in the whole time and it's just full of up and downs but you know the kids are so resilient and every day even though it might be hard they find a reason to make you smile that is so lovely that's really 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 sweet oh and like prior to going to like um university what kind of like personal finance education or things did you know about personal finance prior to going to uni Okay, I didn't really know much, if I'm being completely honest. I just knew that you have a bank account, which is what holds all your money, you know, your birthday gifts money. I'd had a um a couple of jobs. I worked at Nando's, New Look, KFC, and the Little Girls Organisation. So, um, yeah, I think from young, I'd had, like, the mentality of I want to earn money, I want to be independent. So my parents are not asking me what I'm doing with their, with the £20 they give me, you know? Um... <laughs> So, yeah, so all I knew is that you earn money, it goes into your bank account, you need somewhere to hold it. And yeah, that was my, the extent of my knowledge. Okay. And since like you had that knowledge and you had been, you know, working previously, how were like your finances general? Like, did you budget or? So no, I didn't. (laughs) I did not budget. I, I was a paycheck to paycheck kind of girl. But I think at my age this is kind of all you know to be fair I worked hard um 
and I'm just spending the money on food and clothes and have nothing to really show for it now. But no, I wasn't a budget type of girl. I would get paid, I don't know, maybe like £200 for the month and then blow it on cinema, food, clothes, and then be broke until the next month. So that was the extent of that, really. I think for me, the first time I heard about about budgeting was like just before I went to uni everybody in like my church started screaming budget make sure you budget your finances and I was like well I've been working for years like I know what I'm doing but then I had one person in my church that really said sit down with me and be like listen you're getting you're about to get like the big bucks like it's not no dega dega 200 pound like you're going to be getting like caves and I was thinking wow like wow this is going to be the life so I had a budget set up prior to going to uni but you know that did not <laughs> that did nothing well that was the first time I heard about budgeting 100% um yeah so what happened when your student loan dropped like what what happened for you or like how how was that process yeah so the first like I said I had my budget set up ready to go but this was all like hair said like to be honest it was just like yeah this is the figure you're getting and this is the budget this is what this will go to that will go to and I was like okay yeah when the money drops I'm gonna be on it like it's not gonna be like what it was before when I was working and just getting money I'm gonna be so like grown up about this it was it was easier the first year because when you're in student com they take out um they take out the rent with your three installments with how it drops, if that makes sense. So you get three drops for the year and student account would take it out with each drop. So I didn't really have to do any... Yeah, I didn't really have to think about it because um, that I say I got student finance on Monday, like Tuesday morning, they would have already taken out the rent. So I was like, that's fine. But with the money I was left over, I got a bit too excited. I was ordering Domino's every single day, spending it frivolously. And I ended up going into my overdraft in the first year. I didn't max it out. So like I said, I had 1K. I didn't max it out, but I'd gone into there at least by like 500 pounds or something like that. And to be fair, I can't even remember what I actually spent it on, but I just know it was loads of shopping, food, clothes, makeup, hair, weave, all of the above. And like I said, I was working at Nando's, so I was able to, by the end of the year, pay that back because I was just like, oh, like, this is serious. Like, you don't want to, like, you don't want to make this a habit, basically. And then second year, I got this really cheap accommodation. It was horrible. It was like your typical uni accommodation, slugs everywhere. It was a slug-infested household. It was vile. I paid, like, £340 for a room. And people might say that's like average, but where I went to uni is really expensive. So that was like, you knew you were going to get a bottom barrel accommodation for £340 a month. Yeah, it was slugs everywhere in my fridge, on my hob, in the shower. It was just awful. What? Yes, 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 yes. So again, I think because of that, it led to me um, overspending again. Like I'd order breakfast, lunch and dinner would all be takeout because I'm not cooking. I'm not shopping to like put my food in there it was just vile and I lived with housemates who were severely unclean and like would just like they would light the hob to kill the slug and then put their pan on top of the dead slug to cook and I was just like that is not the household I come from therefore you catch me in my room like that's just not the vibe I'm on so yeah it was awful so it just led to me ordering all the time and again I ended up going into my overdraft of shopping. I used to go and see my friends a lot in, in their unis. So I'd just be booking like tickets, like hundreds of pounds. Like I'd be giving money here and there, like like it was mine to give. 
And um, in the second year, they had increased my overdraft to to 1500 and I remember looking at it and thinking that's a bit mad you know did I ask for I didn't ask for this did I so I'd rung my, <laughs> I rang my bank and I was I'm gonna spend it yeah I rang my bank I was thinking it's one of those ones where I was thinking well did I ask them to extend it like I don't remember so I rang my bank and I was just like I don't believe I asked for this is there any way that you can put it back down to one to 1000 just because i was like one five is a bit scary like why are you giving me that much money do you know what i mean like especially if i was in need of it and i asked okay but i didn't ask and you guys didn't notify me i just kind of saw it on my app it said i had like this much money available to me and i was like i shouldn't have that much money available um and they were like oh no don't worry about it you don't need to touch it you know like we just we extend the overdraft for those who've been really good with money, blah, wow. blah, blah, blah. That's a lie. Yes. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, um, okay, like me not knowing anything about like finance or anything like that at the time, I was just like, oh, okay, like, okay, I don't want it, but they're telling me they're not going to, they can't reduce it. They, this is what they do normally. So I just took that with a pinch of salt and I was like, okay, I just won't go into it. But again, because of my accommodation and just just me being absolutely silly um I just went into my overdraft and I think this time I was almost touching the 1k this time and I think that's again it was just due to my living circumstances and stuff but again I managed to pay it back with my side job at Nando's and then coming home and working through yeah and then working through the summer so I was like oh it's no biggie like I'm okay like I'm never going to be one of those girls who are stuck in the lurch or whatever cool (laughs) (laughs) literally that's why you don't speak you don't speak and then it got to third year and I remember I booked I had paid for a really nice like new built house I was like there's no way I'm living like a pauper again like this is just not it like you can never catch me living like that no 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 so I was in a new built house with a lovely room and it cost nine around nine just over 900 pound a month and I was like yes where I went to uni was pricey yeah it was so expensive but again around that price was like the norm but honestly sometimes I just think I should have just gone to the Midlands because some of my mates were really living (laughs) life for a decent price I was suffering because I decided to go to Southwest Um, and even then it was still a small room it was just in a nice new build house how were you able to afford the £900 a month? So my SFE just about covered it with giving me some change left, but the change wasn't enough for me to live on. So I knew that the money I was making from Nando's would really have to go towards my rent so I could take more out of my SFE for myself. Um, but what ended up happening, I, I can't even remember too tough what happened, but again, I they extended my overdraft again. So I looked now and said... Yeah, I looked now in third year and I was 2K. I had 2K in my overdraft. And I was just like, what is going on? And I remember I had to go to my bank to verify I was still a student or something like that. So I went down to my uni bank um, and I had I brought my documents to verify that I was still a student. And I'd asked them, like, it's been extended again. Like, this is actually too much. Can we just, like, scrap it or just re- take it back down? Like, this is just a bit much, like... I think I just didn't want to be tempted with it, especially, you know, in the past two years, I um, had gone into it. So I was like, yeah, can we do that? And they were just like, no, it's just what we do again. You know, for those who have been good with the 
um, with the overdraft facility just gets extended. So I was like, I didn't ask no questions. I was like, okay, cool. And then I realised the burden I had taken on with uh, 900 plus accommodation. It was actually a lot to pay. Um, and I was realising that I just basically lived to pay my rent. So again, I'd taken out more of my SFE for myself and started going into my overdraft. And there was two months of my academic year that year where I didn't pay rent because I was just like, it's just so expensive. And there's things I actually want to do. Like I wanted to travel that year and, um, you know, I was part of rugby and I had to pay like rugby fees and stuff like that. So I was just like, I just need more money for me things. Um, which meant that I'd gone into my overdraft. And then I remember my landlord um, messaging me, talking about, you're going to get kicked out. Like, I just got loads of, like, threats and warnings, like, you need to pay your rent. Like, it's basically going into the third month. Like, this is just not okay, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I looked at my overdraft, and I'd already gone into it for my basic needs for, like, food, shopping, going out, all of that. So I was like, no, I can't. If I use two months worth of my rent, that's all my overdraft. Like that, that it's not going to be enough. I don't have enough overdraft left to pay for these two months. So I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? So I remember speaking to my dad, and he helped me pay one month, and then yeah, and that's literally unheard of because yeah. But how did how did that conversation go? Like, could you turn to your mum, your your parents, or how how did how did that conversation go? Did you feel like did you have that type of dynamic whereby you could turn to your parents quite easily if you got into any money troubles or was it very much um, like, was it like your last resort? How, how was your the dynamic of your parents when it came to like your finances? It was very much a last resort thing. So I come from her, I come from a low income household and I'm the eldest of three. So for me, that is why I always felt the financial responsibility to go out early and get a job and like graph on myself so my parents could more focus on the younger ones and what needed to be done in the house. So for me, it was just always a known thing of um, we weren't always in the best financial position. Um, so when I was going off to uni, it was really me clinging off, clinging onto my job. So if I was really struggling down in the dumps, that is when I would that's when I knew I had no one else to turn to but my parents but even before them I had like spoken to a friend and then I just like you know what it's not fair to put that on one of my best friends I should go to my parents so it was a really awkward conversation that I had with my dad because I felt less attached um to him than my mum um so it was like okay it's an easier conversation to have I feel like if it was with my mum I'd feel so much shame um so that was a really hard conversation and it was a lot of my my dad like you know you should have been, you should have been wiser you should have done this you should have just a lot of like you know you know you messed up type of thing which I expected but you don't really want to hear at that time you just want them to just help you and get you out of the dumps um so yeah that was a really difficult conversation and I feel like he did it grudgingly but he knew it was important um yeah because I would have been homeless without it to be fair he helped me with that one month I didn't pay off and then I used my overdraft for the second month and then for that third month arriving I worked so much that month that I like missed out on so much of uni oh, wow. and did so much uh, yeah did so much overtime um 
that I was able to pay off the third month with my with Nando's money and so at that point my overdraft was maxed out it was at the 2k and I think I'd, I'd even gone over the 2k by 1p <laughs> um so literally so it was a maxed out maxed out and then I was like oh wow like we've hit max but I remember when I had taken out the account they had said to me obviously you have it for three years and then after you leave uni it graduates to a graduate account which means that you have the one year saving grace of finding your feet not worrying about it if you had gone into your overdraft because you know it was your transition time period and then after that you would be forced to pay it back um of course if you found your feet within the year you could pay it back but they'd given you that savings grace of no charges or nothing just so you can find your feet so i was like okay that's also one of the things that had won me over i was like brilliant graduate account great so i wasn't too worried when i saw that it had hit you know 2k 1p i was like it's still gonna be all right so i'd come home because i had submitted my my dissertation i was like there's really nothing for me in this city anymore i'm done <laughs> I i'm not one of those girls who want to stay in their uni city so i came home and my uni account was attached to my third year uni address so any email any letters they sent would always go to that um would always go to that address um so anyway I've come home it's been a couple of months I'm not really worried about the max overdraft obviously I haven't told anybody because I'm like I know they're giving me the saving grace of the graduate account for the year so everything will be fine I don't really have to tell anyone and then I remember within that a couple of months later, I was like, oh, let me just call up the bank and transfer my address back to my um, original hometown address. So I, so I did that. And then maybe like two weeks later or less than, I got a letter through the door. And I was like, okay. Like it's probably just them telling me that my account has graduated to a graduate account. Um, and then I opened the letter and... I just remember seeing urgent, 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 like everywhere. And I was like, I was like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? Like, what's going on? And, I, and my heart just dropped as I was reading the letter because it was basically saying that uh, if you don't pay your full account within, I think it was within a, within a week or like five days, something like that. Yeah, within like a week or five days or something very soon. It wasn't longer than two weeks. It was before the two week mark. Um that they would, if if I didn't do that, that they would give me five years bad credit, the penalty would be five years bad credit, and they would have bay, they would have bay leaves at my door, and I was like, I was like, what? Like, I just remember sitting in my room, for maybe an hour just staring at the letter, and like, I had to switch off the light, lower down the blinds, because I was just like, I really just need to think, like, like what I was looking at this letter and it was just looking back at me and I was just like (laughs) I was like what is like what's happening right now um so I went to sleep like in panic couldn't sleep but when stressed I sleep so sleep like a band-aid for stress I'm telling you I was like I just need to sleep on this and wake up in the morning so I woke up reread the letter and it was still saying the same thing if I didn't pay it within (laughs) It didn't change. It didn't change. It was still saying if I didn't, if I didn't pay it within five or seven days, 
that they would be giving me five years bad credit and babies would be sent to my door and, and I just thought this is drastic so I called them and I was in bits I was like I was like fighting tears because they were just streaming down my face and I was just like you know you guys said and I even had the contract when I took it out and I was like you guys said it would graduate to a graduate account blah 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 blah. like what's happened like I don't understand why I'm receiving this I'm being threatened with this I've just come out of uni like I haven't even graduated yet so like what's going on and um they had said to me that they had been sending numerous letters maybe up to like five or six letters um to my uni accom address stating that because I had gone over the uh, um because I had gone over the ar- arranged overdraft by 1p I had violated the contract basically like yeah literally that I had violated the contract basically by going over it by 1p so hold on by one penny listen th- so they are threatening you with five years on your on your um uh, credit score for 1p come on man <laughs> Has been extreme. I was like, these banks don't play. Like, they actually don't. They're literally, it's like they're waiting for you to just mess up. So they the mafia. Yeah, they're just waiting for you. They're just waiting for you. And so I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, we've been contacting you for 85 letters over the last couple of months. And I'd, I'd left uni um, in March, like middle of March. And I think this was about, what was this, July um, at this time. So they were like, yeah, we'd sent you numerous of letters. Um, you haven't responded so this is the action that we've had to take and I was just explaining to them I changed my address and the woman on the phone was not having it she was not having it she was like you've, it, you've got to do what the letter says you've got to pay in those five or seven days um, otherwise this is the action that we'll take and you know like she was just so blunt with me on the phone and I'm literally like I'm I'm 21 I haven't even graduated like please like please 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 literally I was just like I, I've left my job like I left Nando's um in that April when I was leaving uni I was just like I'm just going to take the leap because I really don't want to do this anymore it's been four years like if if I stay longer I'm just going to be in the trap of staying so I'd left I you know I've gotten my last paycheck already SFE has come and gone overdraft has come and gone they were just like no 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 no. so I was like can I please speak to your manager and just pleading with the manager and somehow we had gotten to a, a point where she was happy to make an arrangement where every month I would pay a certain amount to the banks and in hopes of reducing like getting my overdraft back down to zero so I was like okay cool like I can relax a little bit and I had set it to sorry I'd set it to 150 pounds a month just so um I wouldn't feel in pressure to to pay back an amount that I couldn't afford if that makes sense so um I was just like, I can I can afford £150 a month if I get a job soon, hopefully, or even if I didn't, I would have to go for my parents and they would I think they would have been okay to pay that a month rather than five, six hundred pounds in a go that I know I can't afford or can't ask anybody for either. So I remember coming off the phone and I just cried again, cried for the whole day. I was just moody, I was so down and depressed. Like I was just like, I can't believe this is my life. But I was like, I have to job search now, like I have to find a summer job like and that starts now um and then oh by the grace I got an interview for Victoria's Secrets like like a couple weeks later and my 
I didn't have to start paying the 150 till the next month. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I got in a job at Victoria's Secrets and I was like, this is great working in Stratford. So I was like, great, cool. Um, I was earning decent money for the summer temp job and I was able to start paying the 150. Um, but obviously it's just a summer temp job and I think they only needed me for like six weeks. So after that was over, I couldn't pay it. I couldn't pay the 150 anymore. So I was just like, oh, and it wasn't very many hours I was doing at VFs. It was maybe like 10 hours a week. So, um, yeah, because they hired loads of temps. So, yeah, I couldn't pay it anymore. And I was like, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? But I didn't say anything for maybe a month or two. So I missed two installments. But again, I didn't really know what the reaper. I didn't really know how far they were going to take that. And I, I was so ashamed um, and I was so depressed and I was just so embarrassed to tell anybody that I'd gotten myself here. So I just went, I went about my life for two months until I received another letter. And the letter had said that now they wanted to take it to court. They wanted to take it to court because I had violated the original overdraft. I had violated the arrangement to pay it back. And I was just in so many violations that they were just, they just wanted to take it to court. So I was like, huh? Like, what the heck? And they were still saying they're going to send, like, Baileys, basically, like, the high-rate officers, Baileys, to come to my house and and take everything that's that's worth whatever they wanted. So, yeah. So I was like, what? I was like, again, you know, the depression got worse. I was just in tears. I called them, and I was just like, I'm, like, I'm just basically, I was just apologising. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I had a job. Like, you guys know I was paying it, um monthly but you know it's a summer temperature just basically explain the situation and the woman on the phone was like the woman this time the woman on the phone was so sympathetic she was like I completely understand I, I completely understand this side with you like she was just basically saying that she knows that you know they, they've escalated it too far but this is just banks really so after that phone call we had managed to get back to the arrangement and they said that if I had violated, if I violated this arrangement, then it would be like, it would be like, there's no more pleading with them. Um, like there was no more pleading with them. It would, it would be the five year penalty and I would have to pay it within the couple of days, whatever days they stated. So I got a weekly text. <laughs> I got a weekly text of my balance every single Monday at like 9am. I'd get a text from Santander I still have them on my phone. Really keeping tabs on Literally, you. Literally every single morning, every single Monday morning, I'd get a text of my balance, and I would get a text of the last time I had put one fifty in there. So it would say like balance two k minus one fifty. So remaining now is da 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 da. Um, and it also have, and I also used to get a reminder of when I needed to pay the one fifty. So say I set it on the twenty fourth of each month, the twenty third. I would get a reminder saying, don't forget to pay your 150 into your account. So it was that like I was constantly being reminded of my downfall, of, of the thing that was making me so depressed. And then um, I got a job at uh, school as a te teaching assistant at the time. And I was like, oh, like God is so good because even the process for that was so quick. So I started paying that off and I started paying the installments again. Um... And I started putting more than 150 in, like maybe 500, 600, 700, because I was just like, this thing needs to go. Yeah, so within the year, I managed to, within a year, so I graduated 2019. Yeah, 2020, 
can't remember when, 2020 before April, before April, no, 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 2020 May, I paid it off, um, and I just remember the last instalment, I was just like, I think the last installment was something like £600, and I'd gotten paid something like £800, and I was just like to myself, I can either put in £300 and do it the next month, or I can just close my eyes and just be done with this thing, so I closed my eyes, bit the bullet, and just paid off the last instalment, and I remember just crying, like, oh, I was crying, like, I don't know, like, just sobbing from, like, the heart, because I was just like, this has just been a dark cloud over my head for so long, and the amount of letters I got, the weekly reminders, the text, it was just so intense, um, yeah, it was crazy, and I remember being on the phone to the woman, um, trying to get my account closed, because I was just like, I don't need it anymore and you guys need to go, quite frankly. And then I remember one of my friends saying to check my credit score. And I was like, what the heck is that? And um, around that time, I just started getting in, like, into like my financial literacy. So um, I followed you guys. I followed loads of other pages. And I was just like, she said credit score. So I was, you know, seeing what people had to say about credit score. And I was like, right, this credit score can really make or break you in this adult world. So I downloaded Experian and ClearScore to check my credit score. And um, that thing was in the hundreds. <laughs> I was like, what? So I checked the report and I saw that it was because of all these Santander malarkey that over the year, my credit score had dropped massively from being like good when I went to uni. From the report, I could see from being good um, to poor. And I paid for the premium so I'd know it exactly um, what the damage was so I saw that and I was like oh my gosh and then I it sounds silly but I got a credit card in the end and I use I now being so much smarter I use it in a better way um and my credit score has gone up to good or fair not good sorry my credit my credit score has gone up to fair and um I'm so happy because I feel like it's taking me so long um to get into that I, I don't know if a year sounds like a, a good enough time but to me it's like it felt like hell like just looking at my credit score and thinking that it's in poor that I had ruined it like this that you know I was looking to get into the housing market you know by mid-20s and now all of my ISA savings and all of that would be in vain because I have a poor credit score um so yeah, it took me quite a while to just get out of that place of being depressed and like blaming myself and stuff and just thought the only way I can make this better is by gaining financial literacy and being vulnerable with other young people. Just from your perspective, like what advice would you give to people like they may be living paycheck to paycheck? What would your advice be to them if they're listening to this? I think my two top... Um, points for advice would definitely be if you're going to budget budget when your student finance drops because I feel like when I budgeted months before I got my SFE it was all in the air like it wasn't real to me because I didn't have the money so I couldn't actually see the money and and accurately um accurately budget where what was going to go where and see the money and be like okay I can put this into this savings account because this is for that and this is for that it was just made in hearsay so for me my first 
top of it my first advice would definitely be to budget once you have the money yes you can budget before if you want to but I think if you know yourself and you know that once you know a large amount of cash drops in your account that you haven't really seen before budget once that student finance drops immediately and my second bit of advice which I think is really important is be accountable um be accountable to somebody and I know nobody wants to explain um what they're doing with their money and why they're doing it with their money but for me being accountable to my sister who I am now with my money um means that in your head you're always going to second guess your purchase you're going to you're going to always ask yourself is this a necessary spend am I doing too much how am I going to explain this to the person I'm accountable to what if they ask me oh what did you spend this 100 pounds on your that on your account for what are you going to say to that if they ask you have you stuck to your budgeting what are you going to say to that I think being accountable very much so will keep you in line with your finances because you will always be second guessing whether you really need to spend that much and I know the same for me even down to little things like if I go to Sainsbury's local and I'm buying like two packets of crisps I have to be like do I really need that like what if I go here and my sister's asking me why I spent that much money on that so being accountable 100% so I think for me um those are my top two even if it means you send the bulk of your money to your parents and you are just in control of a minute amount of it. Yes, nobody wants to do that. You want to feel independent. But I guess if you know yourself and you know that, you know, you're not great with money or you're not there yet with financial literacy, you have to put those, you have to be mature enough to put those steps in place um, so you don't end up homeless or you don't end up broke or you don't end up asking for somebody to borrow somebody else's butter or rice or can I eat at your house? Um <laughs> so yeah that was really took me back to uni days you know um i can 100 percent relate to that and i'm i don't know i've probably shared this a few times on instagram i remember when i was still in my overdraft it was through the accountability of even ashley that i managed to just kind of get my finances together so as always we're going to share our own perspectives so I guess I'm going to go straight to the nail, you know. Did anyone make any bad, boring decisions at university? Do you know, with this, I've, I think I've mentioned this before in like a previous, not a podcast, but like on our Money Medics page before. But one of the things that I did, which was very stupid, um, I bought a brand new car fresh out the showroom, like you do, <laughs> um, when I was at university. Boy, I don't know who I was trying to impress. I don't know. Anyway, I bought a brand new car. So it was a Ford Fiesta. I think at the time it was around like 10K or something. Fresh out the showroom. It was like a 62 plate. So you can tell how long ago that was. Um, Which was very, very stupid. Um, Because I was, I'm thinking, okay, so I was working, what, 16 hours a week. And I'm thinking, why, in retrospect, am I buying a depreciating asset, a £10,000 car, brand new, when that car is probably more than what I earn in a year. So that was very, very stupid. However, that being said, because of that, and I had to be able to, um, so it was like a two-year contract, and I had to think, okay, how am I going to pay off this car? Because I wanted to pay off the whole thing in the two years. So it did actually make me a master budgeter, because I had to be able to save my money in order for me to pay off the whole 10k 
in in two years, which I did at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, it was very stupid. Please, guys. Man, that 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 must be like four hundred pounds a month. Uh, yeah, it was about three hundred something pounds a month. Yeah. Jeez. At university. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, which I mean, the car we had a lot of good times in that car. At the end of the day, um, so <laughs> it took me loads of good places. I think I even experienced yeah. that car as well. When yeah, we first day. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe it was you worth it, but <laughs> I definitely wouldn't recommend it again. <laughs> what about you guys? Boy, I'm pretty sure on the first day I arrived at university, <laughs> I ran to the bank to go and get my student loan petrol. <laughs> I didn't receive my student loan until November, right? So I don't know how. I, all, all I know is that on the first day, I went. I think somebody was like, "Oh yeah, you can get a student overdraft," and I was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, like you just go into the bank and just ask them, and they'll do it for you." I was like, "Okay, cool." So I went to the high street, and I was like, "Oh yeah, can I have my student overdraft?" She's like, "Yeah," and that's it was five hundred pound. I just withdrew the five hundred pound. I said, "Wow, I've never seen so much money." And to be fair, and that was just an absolute spiral for me. So I ended up taking out, a, it was a £2,000 student overdraft. So like, you know, every year they'll they'll send you a letter, oh yeah, we're going to increase your student overdraft. Maybe like some sort of sick, twisted rite of passage, even though they shouldn't have been doing that because our students were like vulnerable, right? And like, you're not thinking straight. But um, and yeah, I think it took, I think it, after I graduated, it turned into a graduate account. Took me a good, took me a good two years to, um, pay off um and obviously when I was getting into the process of like um house hunting and I remember I spoke to a mortgage broker and he was like yeah that overdraft yeah that's not you just need to get rid of it mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think for me my silly decisions were every time my student loan dropped I'll probably take like anywhere from 500 to a thousand pounds and go shopping so they they knew they knew my name in Bista Village, you know. I remember that time. I think I remember when you used to get out. I'd be like, "Wow, I want to be like Nick one day." <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, would, I would go with my friend uh, Mega. We'll go to Bista Village. We'll just like oh we'll, uh, we'll, every it'll be an outing, and then so so I did that, and then I remember Burberry, when I, hack it. Remember, oh, and it's like every time I would work because I was working in the bike shop at Evan Cycles and. The way I would allocate my money is that I'll do the shifts and then I'll allocate the shift and thinking based on how much I'm going to get paid this month, that's how much I'm going to spend on clothes. For the whole three years I was at uni, well, my first, second year, I didn't need an overdraft. Then in my third year, actually, when I was celebrating my birthday in Dorchester, because I wanted to make sure I was going to ball out. Was that your your 21st birthday? My 21st birthday, because I wanted to make sure I was going to ball out. I made I took an overdraft facility of seven fifty, I think two days before my birthday dinner, just to make sure I had extra cash. And that was probably my downfall of um not paying off immediately or just thinking it's my money I can go into it anytime I want. So I think that was that was my silly mistake. And I and I think you know what, I just think in terms of just the balance of things what thing what's what's never really made sense to me is why you have banks on campus but at the same time you don't really have money advice services on campus or like That's the, the cur- financial education yeah I, I i i just it never sat well with me as to why there's there's banks on campus but there isn't like a place where you kind of go to help you with your money 
Um, but but as always, we want to kind of finish with like tangible tips. You know, I think the the best thing you can do right is is talk to your bank. You know, like as 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 soon as you go into any financial difficulty, talk to your bank because you you'd be surprised. Like every situation is different. You'd be surprised the payment option they may give you. I remember when I had, funny enough, a Santander account, and it was it went into overdraft, and I think those are when the fees are quite high, and then some randomly in the background it accumulated to two hundred and something pounds, and I went to the bank and told them, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know, like I'm good, I never made this mistake, and they cleared the overdraft um, fee that I'd accumulated. So there is power in in speaking to your your bank, and the next thing is just learning how to budget i know it sounds so simple but just you've got apps now you know there's so many different apps you've got the money dashboard you've got the old you've got the the banking apps you've got different things you know to understand how much is coming in how much is going out and the funny thing what i've learned recently if you don't know, know how to budget just learn how to track your expenses that will go a long way as to understanding your spending ability. And because we live in a tech era, just put alerts and notifications on your phone. The same way people have notifications on their Instagram or whatever, if you have a banking app or a credit card, download the app version and put alerts. And, and the final thing is just accountability, you know. I've already shared several times as to how Ashley helped me when... I want to take my finances seriously. So whether it's a trusted friend or as a sibling, two, two heads are better than one, you know? Um, so we really hope this episode has really helped anyone, whether you're a, stu a student or whether you're um, working and you're just spending more than, um, than, than what's coming in. And I think the final thing to close up with is there's a big difference between improving your life and lifestyle creep. And don't get caught out by, because you're earning a bit more and you want to improve your life, that you start spending recklessly. You can make incremental improvements in your life, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of your bank account. But you've you've heard it, guys. That's um, been another episode of Your Real Money Stories podcast. As always, um, if you've got a story, slide into our DMs. Uh, bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've just listened to an episode of Your Real Money Stories, an original podcast brought to you in association with Zopa. Who provide great value financial products and tools to make managing your money a lot easier. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends who you think might have related to this episode. For more information and resources around the themes discussed in this episode, head over to zopa.com forward slash podcast. And of course, if you want to be in the next episode, make sure you slide into our DMs on Instagram at Money Medics.